Hey there, baddies. Welcome to Bad Witch Podcast, where you already know what we're going to do. You so know by now, unless you're new, and then it's okay, you don't have to know. But if you've been around, you know that we are going to get our witch shit together one spell at a time. Fingers crossed. (laughs) Fingers crossed, God is willing. And if we can even find the time to do so, because things have been crazy lately, right? Like, we went from this stagnant, stale period that I talked about last week, and, uh, Think, I think we all overcorrected it a little bit because there's been so much going on, but we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, speaking of spells, I got an email from a lovely listener, and she was basically asking um, how to get started writing her own spells, which at some point in the near future should be an episode all on its own for sure. But also if I had any recommendations for spell books that she could look into, and boy do I. <laughs> so have been um at home with my parents because I'm getting ready to travel and um my mom's coming with me and I've been helping her get ready and xyz all this stuff you you know how traveling is and I remembered after I got that email that I have the first spell book that I ever bought when I was I was either 10 or 11 um I I'm not sure exactly how old I was I mean it doesn't matter it's the difference of a year but I got it in that time period where I started, when I saw the craft for the first time, and I always say this is when I was like, wait a minute, hmm, <laughs> one of these things is like the other because I'm a witch for sure. Like, I know what's going on now. So um, I went into my old bedroom closet and I dug around and I was like, actually, I do have a recommendation. It is called The Modern Witch's Spell Book. First one I ever bought. So I'm 32 now. So this, I bought this to help me with the math. 32 minus 11, 30, nope, 21 years ago. Is that right? I'm, have I not told you I'm math dumb? Listen, I can cast a spell. I can uh, read someone's emotions. I can read cards. I, I can change the energy in a room, but I can't do math. But it's at least 20 years ago that I bought this book. That's the point. Wow. 20 years since I was in fifth grade. That's wild. Um. Anyway, so yeah, I, I've been on the, the witch tip for 20 years, but you know, I just kind of really dived in full force about three years ago, but I guess a witch never throws away her old stuff. So I have, and I mean old and the fact that I bought it a long time ago, not old that it's irrelevant. So it's called the modern witches spell book. If you are looking it up after you listen to this episode or while you're listening to this episode, I mean, look, walk, don't run, just pause it right now and go get it. It's Cause it's really, it's really valuable. Um, but it's a black book with a purple splotch fl- kind of flames on the cover and then uh, the Modern Witches spell book is in like an old school 70s font, uh, like orangey gold yellow. And I do say 70s because I picked up the book and I was like, wait, what year did I buy this? Because I can figure out exactly how old it was. Because for, for some reason, that's really important to me. I don't know why. But um, I couldn't find the year that I got it. But I did find the year that was published, which was 1971. So this is like some old school... 70s hippie witch magic, which I am all about. Uh, your girl doesn't eat meat or drink coffee or drink alcohol. I'm just a hippie trying to save the environment at this point. But anyway, oh, I just <laughs> just randomly opened it. And the page says a few spells for men. So hey, it's an equal opportunity book. It has a little bit of uh, something for everyone. This okay, this is so funny. So I, I promise I'm not going to read you the entire book. But <laughs> there has it's so okay. Sorry, it's blowing my own mind that I just randomly turned to this page flipping through. 
because of everything in this book, this is the thing that has stuck out to me the most. And for 21 years now, because I'm 30, I think 21 is the right number. <laughs> for 21 years now, I have meant to do this every year. And every year I forget to do it and you have to do it on one particular night. So let me share it with you. I think I have mentioned this in the love episode. Who knows? You know, I go into like another state of reality when I record this podcast. I just witch out and who knows what I'm talking about. But I'm going to read you this little passage. The evening of January 21st, however, should be spent by yourself since this is St. Agnes's night. One of my favorite names. P.S. Take two pins and two of your own hairs. Bind one hair about, about, about each pin. Okay, that's a fancy way of saying around. <laughs> Bind one hair about each pen and lay these beneath your pillow. As you go to sleep, whisper, sweet St. Agnes, let me see my husband to be this night. You will dream of the man you'll marry. Now, listen, we don't all marry men. We marry people of all genders and sexualities. But I, I think if you just switch out husband to wife or partner, you can still jam with it. So, I, gosh, it's so funny I opened to that. I, every January 21st, since I was 11 years old, <laughs> and let me say, I'm not the kind of person that's like, I don't necessarily ever want to get married. I don't, I'm not one of those, those when I was a little kid, I, and I don't want to say little girl because it's not just little girls and it's this very stigmatized thing in my mind. I wasn't one of those kids who was like, oh, when I get married, I'm going to wear this dress and have these flowers and this venue and whatever. Like I just... Wasn't into it then. I don't really care now. If I ever do get married, I'm going to do it, you know, justice with the peace style or ask one of my friends to get ordained and come marry me on a beach somewhere in Greece with my hair looking crazy. But um, I always wanted to do it more because I'm very nosy. <laughs> so I'm very nosy and I'm really into instant gratification. So even as an 11, 12, 13 year old where I was, you know, very boy crazy at the time and I had crushes, I that was actually one of the reasons I kind of got into witchcraft because I was very into like love spells and that idea, which they haven't, they've panned out okay. <laughs> if you listen to all of my episodes, they've been, they've been just fine. But it was more that I just wanted to know who it would be because I'm nosy. And also I want to know who it would be so I could be like, okay, cool. So when I meet this person, I'm good to go. Done. I don't have to like waste my time with anyone else. But since I've forgotten to do it for the past... 21 years, give or take. I never, I have not figured out who it is yet. Um, but this January 21st, I will do it. I'm listen, we're going to accountability buddy each other in the Facebook group. I'm going to make a post actually after I finish recording today and I'm going to be like, Hey, this is the January 21st post. <laughs> Everyone just bump it up once a month. So I remember to do it because January, damn it, January 21st, I'm going to do this because um, I obviously haven't met my long, longest term person and I'm still nosy. So I really want to know. But yeah, that's the kind of information that is available in this book. It, it's not just spells, which is great. It goes into all kinds of topics. It talks about, give me one second. So it, talk, it has charms and spells, chapter one. Oh, it opens with love magic. No wonder my boy crazy 11 year old self bought this at Barnes and Noble. <laughs> And listen, just because I didn't go to like an occult shop doesn't make it any less valid. Magic is magic, spells are spells, which has got to make money too and, you know, be published and be in bookstores. So um, the first part is love magic, charms and spells, aphrodisiacs, divination, a few spells for men, just a few. 
to preserve, and uh, number five is to preserve a witch's sanity, which, uh, if there's anything that drives all of us collectively more crazy, that, well, I mean, at this point, it's probably politics and the U.S. government to an extent, but <laughs> it's not that, and, you know, the current election coming up, but this isn't a political podcast. If it's not that, um, I think love and dealing with the opposite sex or the same sex or, or whomever you deal with in their identity, uh, I think that's something that can make a witch go a little bit crazy, right? Um, so that's part one. And then part two is hate magic, which is practicing black magic. I would say this, if you do decide to look into this book, um, it's good to be informed. It's good to know what is considered black magic and hate magic and dark magic so that you stay away from it. Because sometimes we go into things with, we've kind of talked about this in the last few weeks. I feel like it's kind of been a recurring theme is we talk about how magic can be very self-serving. And while we may be thinking we're doing something positive for us, we may be affecting one and or multiple people negatively. So it is good to be versed in what exactly black magic is so that you can not make an ignorant decision regarding it. So you know what to stay away from. So you know what to not mess with. Honestly, I am not a proponent of black magic. I think if you got a problem with someone, you need to settle up in the streets. (laughs) I'm not saying you got to square up and fight anybody, but I am saying it is, always better to just cut the poison out of the system and let it go or to confront it head on and be like, what's what? And to make a decision from that. Hexes aren't going to bring anything good back to you. That's the problem. If we could freely be like, well, I'm going to put a curse on this person. I'm going to hex this person. Um, I'm going to, let me talk about the craft for a second. Um, Where the girl, I don't know her name in the movie. How do I not know this? But the one who was Marsha Brady in the pretty much movies, Christine Taylor. Is that her name? The one who was married to Ben Stiller? Anyway, I always just think of her as Marsha Brady, um, where she was so mean to Rochelle and she was racist, you know, honestly racist to her and, and talking specifically about her hair texture, which is such an issue with black women and shit that we just have to deal with and we're discriminated against and other people get to have our texture and our hairstyles that they've stolen from us and it's, you know, everyone's cool with it and they don't face the same discrimination. And listen, it's a very loaded topic, right? Um, but she was being racist and particularly picking on her hair, which is such a sensitive thing for black women that we have to deal with so much shit with. And then, uh, Rochelle made it so her hair fell out, which feels, I'm sure very satisfying if you've had someone that has not even just been bullying you, but has been attacking you because of something that is, 100% of who you are in your identity. Like if someone is attacking you based on your race or on your sexual orientation or on your gender or things that you can't change about yourself, things that are the whole of who you are and mean so much to you and are such a a binding part of your identity, that's way past bullying, you know? So in that circumstance, maybe if I was Rochelle, I'd be like, okay, girl, you want to talk about my hair so bad? (laughs) Here goes yours. But at the end of the movie, because they started using all, this is, this is not a craft podcast. I don't know why I have to talk about it so much. It clearly had an impact. But at the end of the movie, because they had all used their magic for nefarious reasons, it was taken from them. It was gone. And you know, it's not only that you can lose your magic, you can dampen your own magic. It's whatever you put out into the universe, you're going to get back and you're going to get a big whammy. It's not going to be one or two or three little things that happen to you. I mean, it's gonna be one, two, three, a hit. You're gonna, you're gonna feel it and you're gonna experience it. 
because the universe is always going to find a way to balance itself out. You know, there's so much balance in witchcraft. There's so much balance in nature. And we've been talking about that the past little, little, little. <laughs> getting really impassioned. Obviously we talked about that so much the past, um, four months, no, not four months, four episodes, one month of four episodes. Y'all I'm leaving for London tomorrow. So I'm like a little more cuckoo than usual. Um, but yeah, it's all about striking that balance and whatever you're going to put out, you're going to receive back. So wouldn't we all be better served to put out good and then receive good three times rather than put out bad and receive bad three times. And you know, it also deals with, if you believe in the concept of karma, which I do, uh, people will eventually get what they put out, even if it's not through the means of magic. Even if you haven't put a hex on someone or a curse or any kind of malicious intent or try to manifest something bad for them it's not going to work out well for them in the end. <laughs> you know, you don't have to deal just with magic to get what you deserve, good and bad. And on this podcast and in this coven, what we know to be true is that we deserve good. So we're going to stick with that and we're going to put good out and we're not going to put bad out. But again, if you're going to pick up this book, I would say read about the black magic part or as it refers to it, hate magic, because it is a part of what we do. It's something that you can absolutely ignore, but I would say inform yourself about it so you don't accidentally find yourself in it. I personally haven't ever hexed or cursed anyone. Um, I will kind of say it as a joke, like if someone, I yeah, I probably shouldn't even say it as a joke, honestly. <laughs> but like in Facebook groups, when we get into like, you know, like silly little tips about something that aren't serious at all, I'll be like, listen, you're all getting hexed if someone, one more person says this, but it's really not even something to joke about. So I'm going to take that behavior out. I don't want to put that kind of negativity in my practice or around myself as an individual and you shouldn't as well. So you can read about it just to inform yourself and how to, you know, better protect yourself from it and stay away from it. Or you can just skip it. I mean, it's not a novel. <laughs> you can just, you can uh, pick and choose what you would like to learn from it. Not all magic is for everyone. Some people don't have any interest in um, working with plants and making their own potions and herbal medicines and that's fine some people uh, don't care about candle magic and you certainly don't have to do it if you don't want to uh but yeah I would skip it if you're not comfortable with it read about it to make yourself more informed if you are but overall don't do it anyway so part three ow sorry just scratched myself part three is amulets and talismans and um so the the broken down Basically, it's broken down in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, even though it's different parts. It's not turning over, if that makes sense. So um, when you get to part seven, which is the first part of part three, confusing myself with numbers as usual, you get the function of amulets and talismans, which is really important. And then um, eight, which is the final section, the second section of part three. <laughs> Does that make sense? Um, you get out amulet and talisman stones, what they do. So this is really good if you want to find something that aligns with you and it doesn't necessarily always have to be crystals. I mean, there's many, many things that witches use to protect themselves, to increase their magic, to bring positivity into their magic, <clears throat> to, you know, help drive it, to connect to the earth, to connect to all these elements we just finished talking about. So that is actually really, really beneficial information. And then it goes into a little bit about, and if you are more interested in stones and you know, we're not just sitting here talking about the stone of the week and you're like, okay, I like the stone of the week. That's great. But we're on only episode 19 or 20 and I need to like learn a little bit quicker than that. Then, Hey, pick up a book. It's a great resource. 
this is one that I started with. Oh, wow. Okay, so I just uh, flipped to the amulets and talismans and also has symbols that you can work with. Did I mention that I'm getting a witch tattoo while I'm in London? I already figured out what it's going to be, but I'm going to wait um, until I get it to show the group because if just in case I get too scared and don't do it because tattoos are really painful. But I have an idea what I want and it does relate to um, this podcast and stuff that we've been talking about really in depth. I think I just gave it away, <laughs> but I'll show you all. And if you are um, thinking about joining the Facebook group or you have just joined, I let in about 10 people over the past week, I believe. Then um, we've been talking about witchy tattoos because I was trying to kind of get an idea and BuzzFeed did like a little cute article um, of tattoo ideas for witchy people. So yeah, show yours off. I love seeing other people's tattoos. I, if I wasn't a total baby and scared of needles, well, I'm not scared of needles. I'm scared of pain. <laughs> if I wasn't scared of pain, I would absolutely uh, have a full sleeve of tattoos, maybe two, but I'm a big baby, so I have two tiny ones. But I'm about to add uh, to the third. So yeah, I'm in the amulets and talismans. It's honestly been a long time since I've looked at this book because it's been in my parents' house. But, um, oh, well, that's perfect. They have talismans for air travel, and I am about to fly across the world, as is uh, my favorite thing to do every couple of months. I love being jet lagged. Um, so this is, I'm going to read you this little section so I can give you kind of an idea of how these sections are written up. If you are interested in getting the book, I swear I'm not sponsored by this book from 1971. <laughs> by the way, I just realized, I just remembered I had it and realized what an important source it was for me when I was a baby witch and going through all this. And you can be a baby witch at any age, so I think it's a big help. So, um, while I adore to travel and in fact am consumed with desire to be off and away from the far to the far corners of the earth, I must admit that I am extremely wary of airplanes. Ooh girl, same. Same tea. I've flown a good deal in the last five years and each time I board an aircraft, I'm aware that the odds of being involved in a crash are increasing. Okay, well that's not true. <laughs> well, okay, it is true in the fact that the more you fly, the higher your risk becomes but also this was published like I said 50. don't ask me to do math it was published decades ago and air travel is increasingly have gotten has gotten safer and safer so if you are a nervous flyer and you're like why are you reading this out loud listen it's safe don't worry um anyway she ends the paragraph with not a happy thought as I mount the steps I feel that and I told y'all in the travel episode I put my hands on the plane and that's when I asked for like perfect protection and I call on my angels, particularly Archangel Michael, Archangel Michael. I feel like I said that up weird. And then I cover the plane in a purple protective light, all of my traditional rituals that I go through. <clears throat> she continues. She. Yes, this is by Sarah London Morrison. I should have said that. The book is written by Sarah London Morrison. Um, I've taken to trying to psych out airplanes. Sounds sounds peculiar, I know, but I figured if I get some sort of ESP message about a plane, no matter how much trouble it's trouble it is to change reservations and remove luggage I'm not going anywhere on it so I keep all the channels open when I look at planes I, I think that's what a lot of witches do I think we all try to use our intuition or intuition as much as possible when we're going into any kind of situation to keep ourselves open and to receiving messages about it I know I do that I, I'll try to like feel out the vibes of a certain reservation just because I get no particular vibration from a plane once I'm aboard does, doesn't mean that I relax and feel secure about the trip. No, indeed. No, indeed. I settle in the seat and lean back in the most nonchalant way, but if anyone were to notice my knuckles, he'd see just how I feel about air travel. Someone once told me that the most dangerous moments in flying are 
at the takeoff and the landing. So I don't breathe when we zoom down the runway and never think, well, that's over until the no smoking sign goes off. I don't know why this is funny. I guess because it's so relatable. When the plane lands, it's the same story. Only this time I add a little prayer of Thanksgiving. I do that too. I mentioned that in the, the air travel, uh, witch travel episode. We're all going to Salem. Um, I've been, I've even been known to make a wild whisper promise to the creator in mid-flight if he would only see it that the plane arrives safely. <laughs> I do that too during turbulence. And I know turbulence is just bumps in the road. Anyway, I'm honestly not sure if pilots and stewardesses are mad or naive. If we feel vulnerable to crashes, what must their vulnerability be? Out of sympathy for all air, tra air travelers, but especially for airline employees, I offer this medieval talisman for travelers to promote safety off the ground. It also promotes eloquence of oratory on the ground. Well, hello. Have a gold disc inscribed with the following words, swiftly, safely in the eye of God, and wear it on your neck on a chain. So it gives you, she gives you like, this is why I feel like this. This is the root of where this comes from. And then this is what the talisman is. So it's really a good starting place to really kind of fluff out your magic. I know, and it's especially for you like beginner baby witches out there, I know that when you start to really tap into it and you're really feeling it, you're like, it's like voracious. Like you're so hungry for it and you want to get every resource and you want to learn as much as you can and practice now. When I got my, my cards for the first time three years ago, three-ish years ago, I couldn't wait. I think I did four, maybe four readings on myself. And then I was like on Facebook. I was like, okay, I got a deck of cards. No charge. Who wants to see? <laughs> Let me practice on you. Like, And that's the best way to learn witchcraft. You can read books and you can listen to podcasts. And thank you for listening to those podcasts, of course, as always. And you can watch, you know, there's a lot of great um, people that do card readings on YouTube and talk about all the witchy basics too. But it's really, the it's like learning a language. Learning your witchcraft is like learning another language. You have to put it into practice. <clears throat> My allergies are not chill today, but what else is new? Sorry. Um, but yeah, you have to actually put it into practice. And so that's why I think it's so great to have a book like this because, you know, I come to you once a week and hopefully in the future I'll, I'll come to you maybe more times a week than that. I would love to be able to do this podcast at least two, three times a week if we get there. I mean, not if we get there, when we get there, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's always great to have many resources because I, like I always say, I'm not the most versed person in astrology. I know what I know and I've educated myself and I'm continuing to educate myself. But uh, don't let Bad Witch be your be-all, end-all in birth charts and astrology. There's better resources. So yeah, I, I recommend this book. It was the very first step in my witch journey. It has served me well. And I'm, I'm actually really glad I just found it. I'm going to, or not even that I just found it, but that I got that email because it reminded me that I had it and I haven't cracked it open. I mean, there was literally dust on the cover. So I had literally not cracked it open in year, 10 years, maybe, maybe more. Um, but I'm going to bring it on the plane with me and I'm going to re-familiarize myself with it because there's not just spells. You're not just opening it up and then say, okay, say here's another one, for example, that dear deals with, uh, St. Agnes and it has rituals in it. So it really breaks everything down in a really succinct way. So, uh, this has to do with the St. Agnes's Eve. That is what the, the, the reason that it has to be that specific day in January that I'm totally going to do this year. We're all going to do it together. Oh my gosh, y'all. What if I do it? And the person is Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> what if I have had this 
just undying love for Bill Skarsgård and just so much respect for him. And I talk about him literally every week on this podcast and I talk about him on like social media all the time in a non-creepy way, hopefully, just an admiration of his ability. And I finally, after 21 years, do my ritual and it's Bill Skarsgård. That would, uh, I wouldn't even have to marry him after that. I would be so tickled that I could just, you know, be alone after that. (laughs) But, um... Here's another one. So to continue on to that, the one that I flipped to earlier, I don't know why flipping through this book, I keep landing on this. Maybe it's because my, um, maybe because a new relationship is about to enter my life. That's what my cards have been telling me. But um, I'm just picking up from the middle. Boil a kettle of salted water and drop three garlic bulbs therein. Simmer the garlic for half for a half hour, then remove it. Eat one clove from each of the garlics and take the remaining portions to your bed. Better wrap the damn things in plastic wrap first. Yes, you don't want wet garlic under your head. Now climb in, now climb in, but before going to sleep, speak these words. Dear St. Agnes, hear my plea. Garlic keeps evil from thee. Visit me with a dream tonight of my beloved husband-to-be. Dear St. Agnes, hear me. So, I mean, obviously it's not all love spells, but that's where the book starts. And I, I've had the St. Agnes thing in my mind for literally 20 years. Like, it's in the back of my head. Um, <clears throat> so it tells you exactly how to go about it. There's, you're not just picking up a book and here's the spell and good luck, <laughs> you know? Um, and then in the talisman section, again, it's to protect your apartment, uh, to make you fleet footed for business success, all the things that people genuinely, genuinely and generally ask about. And it also, it elevates your practice in working with other people to have a resource like this, because I can tell you, okay, this is how I do candle magic for myself and you can do it for yourself. This is how I prepare witch rituals. Damn it. I should have called that episode ritual instead of ritual. Oh, that's a missed opportunity. Anyway, we'll use, we'll call it that from now on. But you know, a lot of, not that it's necessarily self-serving in a bad way, but we do center our magic on ourselves because our magic comes from ourselves and that's totally fine. But a lot of witchcraft is also being a resource to other people, being a healer to other people, uh, you know, helping people through hard times, creating rituals. (laughs) So silly for them reading cards for them. I mean, I have spent the last week, I maybe did 50 readings over the last week. Um, because I, I kind of put it out there that I wasn't going to have my cards with me while I was traveling. And so if you wanted to do it, like, let's get in and do it together before I leave. And so that's a big, big part. Like, you know, I've said this before. We don't just, we didn't just get these gifts and have this magic just to hold on to it for ourselves and serve ourselves. It's to be pillars for the community, to be available to other people and to be a resource ourselves. So, <clears throat> In um, reading this book or any book that you feel compelled to pick up, I also do have the Wiccan Bible. Um, I don't... It's called the Wicca Bible. Uh, I don't know who it's written by. I'm trying to, like, (laughs) reach over and read it and tell you at the same time. Hold on. (sighs) Um, It's, okay, the Wicca Bible by Anne Marie Gallagher. And it's the definitive guide to magic and the craft. So uh, I, like I said, I don't consider myself necessarily Wicca or Wiccan. This isn't a Wiccan podcast, but we do borrow from a lot of sources to kind of, you know, make our own bad witch, witchcraft coven and patter out there. So going back to, we, we do serve a greater good. We do serve our community. That is the role of witches. Even if historically the community hasn't been so into the idea of witches and we thus face certain persecutions because of it. Um, I think everyone in by 2019 is pretty hip to the game and 
really looks up to witches and wishes that they are a part of it or they could emulate it or at least have some of that magic in their lives. So what better time? What more beautiful time to be a witch than now? What a safer time for us. So it is good to um, have a book where it really breaks down talismans and symbols because when you are doing rituals for other people, if you're pouring candles for other people, if you're making a potion for someone else, if you're designing a ritual for someone else or performing it yourself, you will better be able to pass on and educate it to them because it's such a good breakdown in this book. And the things that people ask for are the ones that are clearly highlighted here. Business success, love, money, um, protecting your home, <clears throat> for hope, for, oh, to keep away scandal. I know some uh, YouTubers that maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I should dust off my old YouTube channel and, uh, and read this one for them and maybe give them a talisman or two. Because uh, start the, the whole influencer community, you know, that's my, my daytime job. My, my non-witch life is, is being an influencer and being on Instagram and all that. And uh, it's not looking too good right now, <laughs> for, for better or worse. And maybe it's deserved because maybe, maybe it's not the best thing that so many people have so much access to money and privilege and, and free things and, and to a crowd of people in the millions and they're not putting out like a good message or working towards a greater good for all of us. And it's just like an exercise in excess. So maybe it is a good thing that it's all kind of taking a hit right now. And there has been a ding in the armor of the influencer world, but yeah, I, I know a few people who could probably use <laughs> talisman to keep away scandal. There's one for sexual potency, which is great. One to acquire wealth. I'll, I'll let me see if I can tell you that one now. <clears throat> Wear a talisman of seven gold rings on a gold chain, and it could be yours. Um, well, it's kind of hard to acquire gold rings if you don't already have that wealth. Also, isn't that just like an Ariana Grande song, too? Anyway. Um, but yeah, it's a great book. It's the book that I started my 21 years ago. It's the book that I started all of my stuff with. It's something that I will definitely be referencing now that it has come back into my world. And uh, thank you so much to the person who emailed in and asked about it in the first place because I wouldn't have reconnected with this. So I'm really thankful that you wrote an email, even more so than I'm just glad to always talk to y'all. It, it's the best thing ever when we get to have that kind of connection. Because, you know, I don't, like I said, I don't ever want to think about this as me just having a one sided conversation. This is definitely a dialogue. So I just tickles me to freaking bits when y'all write to me. But um, I'm really grateful because I get so much information out of it. And then in turn, I can share it on the podcast with the rest of the coven and we can talk about it in different arenas. And, uh, you know, you remind me of connections that I need to make again. So I'm really, really thankful for that. Thank you so much for writing in. Uh, talisman to preserve your youth. You know, it's not just oil of Olay or <laughs> people still use that. <laughs> um, for well-being, there's ones for health, all kinds of stuff. So again, um, here is my long book review. <laughs> Fourth the Modern Witches Spellbook by Sarah Linden, L-Y-D-D-O-N Morrison. Um, and this is, this is the one I've been, I've been using. This is the one that, that jumped it all off for me. And I, uh, I hope it is a resource to you as well. That's so funny that the St. Agnes thing kept coming up. Y'all, what if I meet Bill Skarsgård in London and it's just love <laughs> And then he's like, oh, you have a podcast and he listens to all of it. He's like, oh, I can't. You're crazy. I can't be with you. Anyway, so um, I, I am literally leaving tomorrow and I was like, oh, you know, I hope the podcast isn't a little shorter because I have so much 
that I have to do before I leave. And I'm even recording much later in the week than I normally do. But I've been stressed and I've been anxious. So I didn't want to bring that energy to all of you, obviously. But there's <laughs> already like really deep in. But there is something else I wanted to talk about. Because like I said, I did about... 40, 50 readings uh, in the past week. It was just like, bam, 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 bam. And, you know, coming up of the week before, I was like, I feel this weird, stagnant, stale energy, but I also feel like something's churning and something is about to come up to the surface. I'm like on the precipice of something. Well, was I ever? <laughs> Let me know if it was the same for you. It just, things just went insane. Like it, I, I was so busy this last week that at one point I was getting up to go shoot and I was putting a dress on and had buttons up the front. And I happened to be a very busty individual. And it was just one of those things where the buttons wouldn't close. Every time I get the button half in, it would just slip back out. The material was too slippery. The buttons were too small. And I just started crying because I just was so busy and I couldn't I just couldn't take one more thing. And it's always that one thing. It's like the button won't go in the buttonhole. It pops back out. Or your your pocket or whatever. Your shirt gets caught on the doorknob or on the door hinge. Or you just drop one thing on the floor. And it doesn't even break. But you're just at your breaking point. So it doesn't matter. That is... I feel like everything overcorrected. I, you know, I was like, it's so stale. It's so stagnant. It feels like there's no fresh air. And it went from being no fresh air to being like category five hurricane winds were in my life all of a sudden. So um, I wanted to ask all of you, let me know if you had the same thing happen where it just went from zero to a hundred immediately. I, it was the busiest week and it wasn't bad busy. It was all things that I've been working towards. It's things that I have wanted that I've manifested for myself, but it all came at once. And I do wonder if it's because I very much live my life in kind of extremes. I am an all or nothing person. I either loathe something or I am like fully in love and obsessed with it. I'm like having murky down in the depths kind of depression at times, or I'm like a ray of sunshine and so happy. Um, except when I talk to you, I'm always happy. That's no matter what I'm feeling. If I turn on this podcast, I'm instantly like, yes, life is so good. <laughs> you know what? Overall life is really good. Not too much to complain about, but yeah, it, I feel like my witchcraft is, maybe lacking a little bit of balance because I may have overcorrected myself in that period where I was so like, things are so stale and so stagnant. I want to quit this. I don't want to do this anymore. What if I just stopped everything? Well, not the podcast, but what if I just stopped everything in my professional life and you know, started from scratch? Nothing feels good. I just have to move. And I feel like I'm stuck in like a vat of molasses or something. And uh, I think I did so much manifesting during that period and I did so much smudging because I was just, again, someone that's so addicted to instant gratification that I was like, I just, I'm lighting the smudge stick tonight. Why the next morning am I not getting everything? <laughs> and I think I put so much energy in, into manifesting during that time actively and also passively that when this week hit and I was like, oh, I feel like things are about to turn around. It hit, like it hit my it hit me in the ass and like knocked me off the ground. It hit so hard. Um, so if you have any tips, I'm asking for how to kind of balance your witchcraft a little bit better. And especially if you do happen to be a really strong manifester as well, how you're able to, whether it's active manifestation where I'm sitting down and I have my like candles lit and I'm meditating and I'm writing things and I'm speaking them out loud in a certain way, 
or I'm passively saying, I don't want to do this anymore. I want, I, I just wish this would happen. And you know, passive manifestation is usually not the best stuff. <laughs> it's usually me complaining about something, honestly. Uh, it's very That's So Raven where she would have a vision and then doing all of these things to not make the vision happen is what led to the vision she had. You know, you know what I'm talking about? That used to always frustrate me about that show where she would have the vision and then she would do all these hijinks and then end up in the place where she didn't want to be. I was like, what's the point of having this gift of, you know, um, not telekinesis, tell, tell, not telepathy. I don't know, being a psychic. I can't think of the right word. And it always leads you on the wrong path because you're always trying to avoid it and you're seeing it anyway. So that, I don't know. It's a great show, though. I really enjoyed it as a kid. Another, uh, not witchy, but witch-aligned show. We had a lot of witch-aligned media when we were lucky, little. We were pretty lucky that we kind of were like, oh, that's representation. But anyway. Uh, yeah, so I'm trying to find a way to strike a balance, especially because I do manifest a lot, whether I'm meaning to or not. Subconsciously and consciously, I do it. So I would love any tips you may have about that. So, you know, post it up in the Facebook group. Uh, just search Bad Witch. It's the same... Uh, picture as the logo, logo, cover, uh, cover art. Is that what it's called? <laughs> the show art. I guess that's the right word. Um, it's the same picture. So you'll know you're in the right place. And also you can email me the podcast at gmail.com. Of course, always, but yeah, there's like a major overcorrection and I am one to overcorrect a lot because like I said, I, I want to be gratified. And so I'll put so much energy into it. And then I, I really appreciate this week that I was so busy to the point of having like a little breakdown because it is the universe's way of being like, Oh, so you got everything you wanted at once. And how did that work out for you? Was it good? <laughs> did you enjoy it? Or was it horrific? And you cried and you didn't have enough time to eat or have a clear thought or drink or even record your beloved podcast when you normally do. How was it for you? <laughs> so listen, I'm learning my lessons every day, just like you all are. And that's why we're all in this together to help each other out. I would love your advice on finding balance with witchcraft and to have a little more patience with it, which brings me to who I wanted to talk about a little bit more today before we get into our main, main topic, which is, uh, one of my goddesses from my goddess deck. I think after I have an idea of what the upcoming episodes are going to be, um, so this won't be next week, but I think it'll be the week after I'm, I'm you know, we'll see what happens. We, we're, listen, we have all the time in the world. We're good. Um, I'm going to do a, an in-depth on how I do my card readings cause I, and the decks I use and which cards I really align with and all of that stuff. So it's a, a question I've been getting a lot. Um, but just a little briefer, briefer, is that a word? <laughs> just a little briefing right now. I do use the goddess guidance Oracle card deck by Doreen Virtue. Hope I'm saying that right. And um, if you are interested in picking it up, it comes in yellow packaging and it has, I pronounce her name Dana. I think it's actually supposed to be like Dona or Donna. I don't think I'm actually saying it right. I always say Dana because that's how it's spelled and, you know, my flat American accent. Um, but you'll see a priestess figure on the front of the box and she is wearing a crown that has sapphire and ruby um, stones in it. And she has two blonde braids and kind of a veil and a green, greenish dress. So if you want to pick up your own deck and you're, you've been looking for an Oracle deck and you've been listening to these episodes all this time and like, yeah, I've been feeling this, this might resonate with me, go for it. But the person I wanted to talk about today or the goddess I wanted to talk about today, because it doesn't only relate to the week that I was having and the week I feel like maybe a lot of us were having when things, 
really kind of picked up all of a sudden, but because she kept coming up in a lot of my readings. She was like, oh, hey, it's me again. Uh, nobody's listening, so I'm going to just keep telling all of you. <laughs> Let me say this about readings. If you've never done one before, if you're just kind of getting used to it, and it's a new thing for you, they're doing a reading for yourself is obviously not the same as doing a reading for another person. And when I am reading someone else's cards, I am tapping into their energy and I am basically the vessel through which the messages come. I'll know anything. The goddesses and the angels know everything. And I'm just the one that can be like, hey, what was that? Okay, I'll tell them. Hold on. <laughs> it's like a cosmic game of telephone a little bit. Um, so, but when I see certain cards come up a lot, I know that it's a message that we generally all need to hear. And also... So many of the cards are just a good reminder to get your witch shit together. So how many times have I just said so? I feel like 15. Um, the goddess that I wanted to talk about is Una. I think it's pronounced Una and not Unang, but I could be wrong. But it's O-O-N-A-G-H. And let me give you a little bit of background on her. So um, all the Dorian Virtue decks that I have gotten personally come with a handy book guide and it breaks down all the goddesses for you and not only their meanings and interpretations but also a little background on them so you know um because the goddesses are borrowed from all kinds of religions all kinds of cultures and so it's good to familiarize yourself with them as individuals and not just as magical beings it's you know it's just a, a better way to become informed in your card reading so una um she's a celtic goddess Celtic or Celtic. I'm never sure how to say it. Please, if you do know, let me know. I would love to come from a more informed place about that. I always say Celtic. Boston Celtics. I mean, I feel like sports isn't right, to be honest. <laughs> but um, so this is the little breakdown that's in the book. The Celtic goddess Una or Unag, not sure which one, is married to, oh, this is a word. This is a word right here. Uh, to Fionba, I think is the right way. Listen, if you're uh Celtic of Celtic origin, slide in my DMs. <laughs> you know how to say all this stuff. Um, the leader of the Irish Tutha de Danans. I believe that might be a tribe of some sort or uh, an ethnic tribe or an ethnic group in Ireland. Uh, Unag or Una. I say Una. Let me just say that. Or a clan. Okay, there we go. And her clan were some of the original inhabitants of Ireland. When the Gauls, the Gales, not the not the Gauls, that's French, the Gales, as in Gaelic, I'm pretty sure, invaded their land, the Tuatas, <laughs> sorry y'all, didn't run or fight back. Instead, they transformed themselves into leprechauns. Oh, hell, that's so cool. Their ingenious solution allowed them to stay in Ireland in peace. Call upon Una for help with your own transitions and she'll guide you in a creative and magical way. Okay, well, that's awesome. I did not know that. So we have a little leprechaun origin in there. Anyway, so this card kept coming up. And I think it's just a good reminder for all of us. Uh, that's why I wanted to talk about her this week. Um, and so her meaning on the card is easy does it. All right. We're already off to a good start. And then the inscription on the card is, there is no need to hurry or force things to happen. Everything is occurring in perfect timing. Now, I have said before, I'm very intense to gratification to to a degree where the universe likes to punish me a lot because I lack a lot of patience and I deserve it. I need to grow in my patience. And I know as a witch, I know we are, we should be the biggest believers of timing because we see it happen so much. We see that everything's going to fall into place. We know that 
no matter what path you're on, your destination is your destination and nothing can pull you off from that final destination. Not like the scary, horrible movie, not horrible, like bad, but horrible, like terrifying, <laughs> not like that final destination, but like we are fated to go where we're going to go. We are fated to end up where we end up. And, you know, we could have a whole conversation about life plans and life contracts and what we kind of agree to before we're even on this planet and in this plane. And that is a, another conversation we can have when I do the deja vu episode, which I'm going to get to pretty soon too, as well of, uh, different theories on what deja vu is for us. But in the simplest sense, where we are going to end up is promise. It's there. And, and again, in that kind of that so raven sense, when you are trying to rush the process and you are trying to deviate from the plan that is kind of really clearly laid out for you because you want something sooner, you want something to happen now, you're tired of being patient. You just, you want to know the answers. You want to get to the, the end of everything and just be satisfied. It is what actually takes you off of the path you're supposed to be on and makes that path. And that, that, that last, that last spot and that, that destination that you're trying to get to that much further from you. We deviate so much from, we make decisions that actually lead us off the path and take longer to get to that last place, you know, <laughs> because we are impatient beings and we're impatient as magical beings because we really have an understanding of what magic can do for us and what it gives to us and what it's capable of. Right. And the stronger you get in your magic, the more you're like, well, I mean, just, I already know what I'm doing. I'm already here. So I'm going to take advantage of this, not in a bad way, but I have these gifts and I have these skills and I've honed them a lot. So why not use them to my own benefit? You know, um, let me read you the full message. So nurturing a cause or a relationship is a long-term commitment and one that can't be rushed. Right. This level of devotion comes from a place of deep loving and concern. I care about what happens to my planet and to my loved ones so much that I'm willing to stick with them through thick and thin. This isn't always easy, but to me, it's the only way to ensure that matters are resolved and healed. I listen to the passionate stirrings of my heart. It's really important. Listen to yourself and not just listen to your heart and to your soul in those messages and not just in your head going, I have to do this right now. This is oh my gosh, there's so much pressure. I feel so rushed. All these other people have already accomplished these things. When am I going to do that? You know, you get it. We just get into our own head so much, even though we know that magic is around us and we're on the right path and that the end is unchanging. Um, well, not to say the end is a hundred percent finite. You can definitely work with your own fate. Um, but in like a, the good bright sense of where we do want to end up, you're going to end up there. You just, you gotta, you gotta be patient. <laughs> Honestly, you gotta be patient, which is very hard for me. Uh, I listen to the passionate strings of my heart. I reach out and take action and let my loved ones know that I deeply care about them. I take action to spur on my pet causes. Never mind what other people think. You will benefit by caring through with your priorities. Really important. You'll feel so good about yourself if you make time for the relationships and projects that truly count in your heart. Do what's important to you and do it with absolute devotion. That means not worrying about what other people think, about what other people say, about naysayers, about people being in your business. Your business is your business and their business is their business and they can mind their own business. <laughs> and that's the tea, sis, as uh, Sophie Turner and millions of others would say. Uh, but remember that there's no competition for your true life purpose. That's so important. So there's no need to worry, hurry, or feel that you have to force things to happen. So that is like, the blurb about this card. And then these are the various meanings. Don't worry about your purpose or your goals. Make no sudden moves. Slow, steady progress is best right now. There are so many lessons. This is me saying a side note. 
There are so many lessons in slow and steady progress. You don't have to run. You're not, this is not the rabbit in the hair. We are not running a race, not against anyone else. And we're not running a race against ourselves. And to me, it's the one against ourselves, which is harder and more detrimental and more anxiety ridden and more fear-based because you will put so much more pressure on yourself than an external external force will put pressure on you, in my experience. Um, ease into your new life instead of rushing into it. Really important, too. I'm the kind of person, like I said, I live in extremes. I will jump foot first, not head first, <laughs> foot first into anything where I'm like, okay, it's time for a change. Cut. Done. Let's do something else. And what's the harm in taking your time? We have plenty of time. Do your new work as a part-time venture to begin with while slowly exiting your old career. So this can be a card that is talking about just your purpose as yourself, as an individual, as a spirited person. Um, it can talk about career and I can also talk about relationships. Um, I, you know, I won't use any, I think I've said this. I, I kind of re view readings as a therapy session between me and the person I'm doing the reading for. And so I don't want to reveal their confidential or private information, just like in real therapy, you wouldn't go out and talk about your, um, your client's files. You know, that's really unethical. So I won't use a specific case, but I will say, uh, if someone came into your life and they're like, Oh, I love you so much. Why don't we get married in the next three months? I'm like, what, what's the rush? <laughs> you know? What's the harm in getting to know that person a little bit better and easing into the situation rather than getting caught up in the whirlwind of a situation and then finding out that situation was just a bump in the road and wasn't your destination that we're all working towards, you know? So yes, I just wanted to talk about Una. Um, I, she was coming up so much. I feel like it was a message that needed to be shared with the whole coven at large. And just to know that it's okay to not be running and to not let yourself get out of breath and exhaust yourself. And by the time you get to where you were going to end up anyway, uh, you're too tired to enjoy it. Um, yeah. And don't feel like you need to look at anyone else and run against that person either. Everyone's timing is perfect for them. No one else's timing is going to be perfect for me. I have friends that have been married for 10 years and have, I mean, I'm not going to have kids, but if that was something I was, that was one of my goals, um, I would maybe be a little like, well, they've been married for 10 years and they have three kids and their oldest is 10 already. Oh, you know, and I feel like I'm really, really behind. Well, also I'm only 32 years old, so I got plenty of time. <laughs> it's it's going to be okay. Um, or looking at someone else's career. And I was sharing this story with someone. I don't mind talking about, obviously I'll talk about myself. It's a podcast and I talk about things relating to me. Um, hopefully, hopefully not too much that it's boring to any of you, but I will say my side of a reading because it's my business to share. Um, I was telling someone you know, I didn't really get like my first full-time job that was really meaningful to me and that made me feel accomplished and like I was on my right path until I was 29 years old. Like 29, <laughs> 29. That was something that really stressed me out for years and years and something that I felt I would look at people around me who had graduated and like right out of college, they had gotten their dream jobs and moved to their dream cities. And I, I graduated college early and uh, I was like, all right, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to jump this off. And from 21 to 29, nothing was falling into place for me. I was not getting off. Anytime I tried to move to a new city, it wasn't a right fit. I was not getting offers to move to a new city and relocation bonuses. Like my friends were, I was not getting the full-time job that I wanted. I, it was 
like my whole life was in a standstill and it was very hard times and it was dark times and it was very frustrating and really chipped away at my belief in myself and my belief, you know, okay, I'm having a revelation live on air. I think that is why I really pulled away from my magic and my witchcraft so much because nothing was working and I didn't feel like I had anything special about me in the sense of I deserved any good. And that's why I really preach this. You deserve good. We deserve good. We deserve all the good in the world all the time because I went through such a long period of thinking that I simply didn't because nothing was validating it for me. And, you know, there is something to be said of like, why are we looking for validation from outside sources anyway? However, that's how the world works. And if I, I was chronically single during that time and I was unemployable, I guess, <laughs> and I could handle one of two of those things, but to feel like the real world, the job world doesn't want you and feel to feel like a person, another person doesn't want you. That's pretty heavy shit to deal with. Um, and I say all that to say, thank goodness I had that whole period where things weren't going well and things really didn't hit until I was 28 or 29. Because where I am now is so much more fantastic than anything I could have ever dreamed of. And that was the timing that was right for me. And it was hard to see it at the time. And it was a long drought. <laughs> but where I am now is what I could not have even imagined for myself at the time. And where I ended up were things that didn't even exist at the time. So that's my story with timing. Please have belief in your timing. Una, Una is showing herself for a reason over and over again. And just to say, if you are struggling with your purpose in life, or you feel like you're not on the right path, or you're never going to get where you're going, or everyone else around you has everything that you want, and you feel like you deserve just as much as they do, you're going to get it. You're going to get it. It's all about the timing. Your timing is perfect for you. It's not perfect for me. It's not perfect for anyone else. You're going to get there. I promise you. And you know what? When it takes a little bit longer, it's that much sweeter. It, it feels better. It tastes better. And something else that this is going to be the longest podcast, <laughs> but something else that I was talking about in these readings on my end was that maybe you just haven't quite hit that stride yet because you're meant for something a little bit more. So take those lessons that come in those down periods. You know, everything is cyclical. Take your drink, <laughs> take your sip of water, take your shot, take your coffee, take your tea, whatever. Everything is cyclical. We are, sometimes you go through a low period for a decade and then the next 50, 60 years of your life is everything you ever wanted and more and things you couldn't even conceive of in that time. You know, a, a cycle the easiest way I can kind of relate to it is anyone that experiences a menstrual cycle is to us. We're like, okay, well it's 28 days, 28 days is what a cycle is. That's how long it should take in my mind. That's how I frame it. But a cycle can take a decade. A cycle can take two decades, but you're going to come out of it. I promise. I promise you're going to end up where you belong to be, where you belong and with what belongs to you and with what you deserve. And we all deserve good. And if it takes a little longer for you, it just means that there's something a little extra special out there. So I wanted to talk about Una for that. This is a very long podcast. I hope you guys are going to be, sorry, you baddies are going to be really excited when you see how long it is. Goodness. Okay. So we, of course, are going to talk about our last element this week. Um, so we've talked about earth, air, fire, and water. We have talked about salt, smoke, flame, and ash, as we like to call it. And those are the four classical elements. So uh, looking at it antiquity, even looking at science, those are the four elements that we can all agree on. The concept of spirit or heart is something that is more of a spiritual with a different religion belief. So it won't always be referred to in the 
four elements. When we talk about the four elements, the elements in that classical sense, we're talking about those first four. But we cannot neglect spirit and heart because it's also very essential. And uh, I mean, if Captain Planet has showed us anything, they were on the tip and given it all to, again, representation for kids. We were all learning about these things and we didn't even know that it was necessarily witchcraft related. But, um, you know, they snuck it in there. Um, but before we get into all that, two hours later, <laughs> we, of course, have to do our Patreon shout outs for our sweet, sweet witch baddies that um, have joined on Patreon and given a little uh, something extra. So an extra special thank you. As always, you all you all mean the world to me. You Patreon baddies are, uh, are the, the fire in my veins that keep me going. So an extra special cherry on top thank you to Maya, Lindsay, Heidi, Aurora, Courtney, Stephanie, Alicia, Sasha, Brett, Elizabeth, Sola, Aaron, and Amanda. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you. Also, I got some new reviews in the iTunes store. They're so sweet. Um, I really, really appreciate that. It helps people find the podcast and, you know, we're just, we want our coven to grow and grow. So we have more support for each other and more resources. So, um, thank you for leaving reviews, written reviews. Thank you. If you just went and rated it to thank you to the Patreons, the patrons, thank you to the Patreon. Pa oh my God. <laughs> you know what I mean? And thank you to all of you. Um, there's, yeah. Wow. Y'all are the best. You know, I can't go through one episode without just being mushy and saying thank you so much. And I love you all so much. Okay. So let's talk about heart. Let's talk about spirit and let's talk about our crystal of the week. I think, um, since this is technically, sorry, my voice is going out again. Um, I think because this is technically the last episode of the elemental series, it's kind of, it's kind of hard because I, I've been thinking of the four as being really the core episodes. And then this is kind of like an elemental side note, but also it is a part of it. So I, yeah, they're all together. Um, so, so this is technically really, truly the last one. I think we should go over the correspondences for spirit and all of them, because I know some of you are out there taking notes, which is the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life. And, um, you know, we're, these all do come together to form one circle and they all, they're all part of one whole. So we gotta make sure we have a refresher for everyone. And if this is your first episode and you're like, huh, spirit sounds cool. Heart sounds cool. <laughs> then you're going to get a wrap up of everything. So, um, with spirit, I told y'all in the past, I think all four episodes, it sits in the center of the circle and the color are, the colors are purple or white. Let's go over the directions and the colors for each of them. And then we're going to go over the correspondences. So again, for, let's see, what, what do we do? What order do we do it in? Uh, salt whispers. So water direction is West colors, blue, green, sea foam, that kind of, uh, let's just say emerald purple, not a color, uh, <laughs> shade of purple that, you know, kind of like that deep amethyst purple that you see in certain tones in the oceans and on the beach and things like that. Um, and it's associated human trait is emotions. So it's the dreaminess, the creativeness, um, being emotional, all that stuff. Uh, that's what it's kind of rule, ruling with in the spells you would focus on. So we did salt, then we did smoke, which is also air. The direction is east. Color is yellow or like an opaque white. And the associated trait, associated, <laughs> associated human trait is rational thought. So it really deals with the mind. And then we did flame. So we have, or fire. 
uh, direction is south, so it sits in opposition of water. Wait, no, it's <laughs> air. Flame sits in opposition of uh, earth. What am I talking about? The colors are red, orange, and uh, deals with willpower, courage, strength, um, bravery, all those things. And then we have ash or earth, which the direction is north. Colors are green, can also be um, like a brown. You know, I feel like I've always said this brown in the witch world and the real world, it just gets ignored too much. And it's such a beautiful color. And working with brown candles is a good way to connect to the earth as well. And it, um, it deals with our physicality. So our correspondences for uh, spirit are spells, intuition, transition. Oh, we were talking about Una, who is one of our guiding goddesses for transition. Transformation, spiritual growth, and knowledge. Herbs and plants are gentian, lotus, belladonna, or henbane. Um, I know for sure belladonna is poisonous, so, uh, you know, take it easy. <laughs> Trees are elder and yew. Incense and oils are nag, champa, copal, ditsni, a creep. Oh, I'm going to creep. What? <laughs> I'm going to creep in like five days. Ditsni of Crete. Okay, well, I'm going to look more into that and uh, get back to you all. Astrological sign. There's no association with spirit. They fall under the four classical. Uh, day of the week is Sunday. Planet is Uranus. Colors, purple, white. Metal, gold. Hey, now. <laughs> Symbols, the upward pointing pentagram. Terminated clear quartz, web, and thread. Remember my little spider friend from last week? Magical tool is the cord. So that's why when we're talking about doing the cord cuttings and it's the cord that connects us to different people, to different energies, to different lifetimes that resonates with the spirit. Um, the animal totem, like I brought this up last week because I glanced at it and saw when I was talking about all this stuff is spider. So clearly a uh, spirit was where we're supposed to end up and the direction is center. It sits in the center of a circle. So let's go over the other ones real quick, just so we can have the totality of them in this, this ending episode. So I'm going to go in the order that we did them in the actual episode. So first is our water or salt. And the spells are love, healing, dream work, menstrual cycles, childbirth, and emotional issues. Herbs and plants are poppy, rose, myrtle, violet, valerian, lovage, lovage, chamomile, geranium, and hyacinth. Trees are willow and apple. Incense and oils are myrrh, rose absolute, orris root, astrological signs, Pisces, Cancer, Scorpio, days of the week, Monday, Friday, planets, moon, Venus, and Neptune, color blue, metal, silver, or copper, symbol, downward, pointing triangle, cauldron, glass, glass, mirror, magical tool, chalice, animal, totem, fish, water-based mammals, body parts, womb, kidneys, bladder, liver, and direction is west. Smoke, Spells are communication, swiftness, exams, legal, knowledge, learning, and conveyance, and conveyancing, and travel. Herbs and plants, lavender, eucalyptus, comfrey, wormwood, and lilac. Trees, birch, and ash. Incense and oils, benzoin, sandalwood, lavender. Astrological signs, Aquarius, Gemini, Libra. Day of the week, Wednesday. Planet, Mercury. Hmm. <laughs> deals with communication. Uh... Color, yellow, metal, mercury, quicksilver. Symbol, upward pointing triangle, traverse, feather, incense. Magical tool, wand, animal totem, all birds. Body parts, lungs, head, direction, east. Flame, 
cells are defense, willpower, courage, inspiration. Herbs and plants, rosemary, rue, dandelion, saffron, nettles, needles, nettles, St. John's wort, tree, oak, rowan, incense and oils, cinnamon, frankincense, vanilla, juniper, astrological signs, Aries, Leo, Sagittarius, good old fire signs, days of the week, Tuesday, Thursday, planet, sun, Mars, color, red, metal, pen, symbols, upward pointing triangle, flame, blade, salamanders, magical tool, atham, animal totem, salamander, big cats, body parts, heart, direction, south, and finally, last but not least, ash, spells are manifestation, material wealth, shelter, fertility, growth, herbs and plants, patchouli, sage, mandrake, woodbine, whorehound, pennyroyal, tree, cypress, pine, incense and oils, patchouli, pine, resin, pine resin, I don't know why I said it like that. White sage, magic root, astrological sign, Taurus, Virgo, Capricorn, days of the week, Saturday. Planets, Gaia, Saturn, Pluto, color, green, metal, iron, lead, symbol, downward pointing triangle, traverse, pentacle, wood, metal, stone, crystal, dragon. Shout out to my Game of Thrones fans. Magical tool, pentacle, animal totems, Hair, wolf, bear, serpent, body parts, vowels, and spine, and the direction is north. So we have all our correspondences down. And, you know, if you really think about them, it's it's what you align with that stuff anyway. It kind of just makes perfect sense. So explaining spirit is kind of the most difficult one because there's no tangible expression of it. Um, everything else we can feel and we can touch and we can see, but spirit is what binds all those things together that's why we use the imagery of spiders and webs because it is almost those those invisible well I mean in this sense it is invisible but you know the delicate threads of a spider's web it connects everything together it it is the mode that we're all together by it's <laughs> that makes sense it's a bit hard to explain but it yeah it's it sits in the center because it is the thing that binds the circle, it binds all of us. It, It's those those almost transparent threads that loops us to everything. That's why it's represented by the cord as well. So it's about connection. It's about magic. It's about transformation. All those things that we can't see but we still believe, that is what spirit works with and that's what spirit represents. This is going to sound cuckoo, but what else is new? But kind of the best way I like to think of it, aside from like the spider web and all the little imperceptible cords between everything that, that connects us all together, is... Thinking about Cerebro and X-Men, <laughs> when um, Charles Xavier puts on the hat, it has all these like cords and coils that comes out of it that connects it to the board, that connects it to every mutant mind in the world and the known universe. And so I kind of like to think of it like that. It's the cords and the coils that just serves it as a connection. And it's what to call on when you're ready for transformation, when you're ready for change. It governs, governs those individual concepts and it also links everything together. So you have to have spirit. You have to have it in the center. That's why that position is important. That's why it's not aligned with any direction because it feeds into all of them. And of course, if we're going to have spirit and we're going to be working with transformation and with change and with magic and connection, all these things that are truly like the cornerstone and the foundation of working with the circle and working with magic in the first place, we're going to have to have a stone to go with it. <laughs> Here it is. You know what? This episode actually hasn't end up, ended up as long as I thought it was going to be. But here it is, our crystal of the week. I've been wanting to do this one for a really long time. And since, I, listen, I can't remember. I think we already did clear 
quartz. I'm almost certain we did, which would technically be the stone I would use for the element of spirit. But this one's been in my mind a lot lately. And so I chose to kind of focus on the, the attribute of spirit being connection and the concept of being connected through like that web, that spider's web or through cords and how much our spirit travels through so many lifetimes and so many planes of existence. So with all that being said, I thought the perfect crystal for this week would be Lapis Lazuli. I just love saying it. <laughs> Lapis Lazuli is one of my favorite crystals, not only because of how magical it is, not only because of the gorgeous blue color with the white striations, but because it's so fun to say it. Lapis Lazuli. It's so fun. I could, I could say it all day and just entertain myself. So this stone is really about connecting to past lives connecting to past remembrances and to the shocking record. When I've talked about having past life readings in the, in, in the past, that is, is what it really dealt with. Um, it's good for astral travel. So what we would call astral projection, uh, not for the faint of heart and not for beginners. This stone overall is not for beginners. This is for, um, a little, like a, not a 101 witch, but like you've gone to witching 102. So here <laughs> 201. I'm not really sure how it works. It's been a long time since I was in university. But it is a stone that is a bit more advanced and it tends to attract a, witch, a, a witches. It tends to attract witches that are a little further into their practice anyway. Um, but it aids a lot with lucid dreaming, something we talked about in the dreams episode to bring you more clarity with that and also to reduce stress and anxiety to protect you when you were in those states. Um, it really just is so good for connecting and kind of sitting in the center of that spider web and letting its high, 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 trust me, high vibrations kind of play out along all of those cords and all of those threads and connects us all in and brings the circle in together. It really connects us to our own past. And, you know, a lot of the time when we're dealing with this lifetime of being a witch, we forget a lot of the lessons and the practice and the magic that we have picked up in other lifetimes because we're just not consciously connecting in with it. So having lapis, lapis lazuli will allow you to connect to those memories that you already have. That's why it really elevates and brings your practice along. If you're focused on change and transformation, it brings in that change more succinctly, more quickly. It uh, helps with stress and anxiety, which hello. <laughs> Don't we all need a little bit of that? It's connected to the throat, heart, crown chakra. So it deals with the upper register of chakras. It helps you to communicate more clearly, to be more clear in your speech. And um, it's a really good stone for entrepreneurs, for leaders, for business people, for people trying to bring in wealth, for people that travel a lot. It's, it's one of the baddest stones. And that's why I love it so much. And I've really been trying to find the perfect episode to work with it. And we already did clear quartz. I'm almost 100% sure. So Lapis Lazuli is uh, that bitch for this week. Because <laughs> I think that is one of our new segments. And it works so wonderfully when you are casting that, that circle, which we're going to get to soon enough, um, very soon. And you're, you're having spirit in the center because that is the bedrock. That is where all of those threads are coming out from all those cords. The web itself is connecting everything together and it's promoting change and transformation. You want to have that stone at your center because it promotes all of those things as well. And it really connects in with the concept of change, with the concept of connection, with transformation. And that's what spirit is all about. It's, it's, it is transformation. It is magic to its core, but it is about that connection so much. And the more we can connect to a past life or another plane of existence or an existence 
that is even now that we have closed off that part of ourselves, you know, a lot of us are witch kids and then we become adults and we go through hard, heavy periods like I do, or you're just told, Oh, that's not a real thing. Or you scare yourself out of it. So many things happen where we lose that connection in this lifetime itself. And lapis lazuli, <laughs> you don't have to say it like that. That's just me. It opens those connections back up. It feeds us the information that we've been carrying around every time we've gone through this already. So that is your beloved crystal of the week. It connects in wonderfully with the circle that we're going to build. It connects in wonderfully with the spirit element and in conjunction with that, every other element, because it brings it all together. That's the thing I was, I think I've talked about, I have talked about spirit a little bit throughout this entire series and it, it is within and it's without it's above and so below. Like these, these are kind of canon phrases we hear in witchcraft. And so when we talk about spirit, not only is it the thing that connects us to everything. And even though we can't hold on to it in a tangible sense, we are also filled with spirit. You know, that is what we talk about. We talk about spirituality. We talk about our spiritual lives and when we're dealing with lapis, lapis lazuli, sorry, I have to say it like that. It, it really is such an important stone and dealing with spirit is such an important concept. And it's so key to the circle that we're going to build. And it's so key to every other element through those connections, because it's also the energy that drives us. It is the energy within us. It is our witch spirit. It is our witch ancestors that have fed us these powers and this information and these ritual rituals that we you know, contend with now, it, it is so intrinsically a part of us that, that we have to be aware of how much it is within us as much as it is without us. You know, I kind of, I, I, it's, it's hard, again, it's hard to talk about because we don't necessarily have it in such a tangible sense, but a way to think about it within yourself is how you have all these veins and capillaries and arteries that connect throughout your body. That's kind of how the spirit is within within you as well. The concept of spirit, it's unseen, but it connects all throughout us. It connects the chakras. It connects our, our internal ability that we were able to take out of ourselves and our subconscious and our mind and put out into the world. It is an energy in itself. It's, <laughs> it's just everything. It's, it's why, it's why it's so hard to quantify in one sense, because it is all around us at once. It is all inside of us at once. It connects us to everything at once and it connects us to ourselves. And it's not that we can touch it with our hands. It's not that we can drink it like water. We can touch, go into the ocean or we can feel the breeze on our face. We can, you know, feel heat coming from a flame or even burn ourselves. Can I tell you, I burned myself like three separate times in the past week. I think, I think I talked about how I burned myself once last week. I kept burning myself. I don't know if there's any symbolism in that, but I'm going to look into it. Um, maybe because I'm in a period of transformation and rebirth and connecting with spirit even more and talking with all this. And there's change coming through magic. Yeah, I kept burning the hell out of myself. <laughs> when I talk about that, there's a cleansing fire and then there's change. But yeah, I really, I hope that I'm conveying this concept of spirit very clearly. Because it's so important, but it's the hardest for me personally to, to express. Because it's a feeling. It's an energy. It's an unseen force. And, you know, it's sometimes it's the unseen forces that are most powerful. We talk about how, you know, we can have these natural disasters that it comes through water. You have hurricanes. You can have damaging rains and floods. And with fire, it can burn down whole swaths of land and buildings. And with wind, again, with hurricanes and tornadoes. And then with the earth itself and earthquakes and all these powerful forces. And they are at once very nurturing 
and and loving and feel safe to us and it also feels it can feel dangerous and it can be very dangerous but spirit has even more energy and even more of a life force than all of that so there's there's a lot of different ways to refer to it it can be a life source it can be an energy it can be spirit it can be heart um in wicca they will refer to it as ether or ether uh e-t-h-e-r or a-e-t-h-e-r and it's it's just the concept of this energy that feels that fills a space and space itself and everything it's just everything the the analogy i used in the first um oh hey little pup my dog decided to join the podcast my little familiar down here um i talked about it being like the concept of manal kind of in um in the craft. Okay, it's my last craft reference this week. But it's kind of that space where everything we we deal with everything at once and we are everything at once and then there's a space within everything itself is contained. And that is spirit. That is ether, aether, try to think of like the word ethereal. The energy can be thought of as celestial. Like it comes from the universe. It comes from us. It connects everything. It's just this huge 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 concept and I can at once kind of talk about it for hours and hours and hours and also be like, okay, it's energy and it's space and it connects us and it's transformation and it's unseen magic. And you know, (laughs) that's kind of it because it is something that is moving. It's something that is cyclical. Hello. Something that spirals, something that is above us, that's below us within, without it, because we can't just put our finger on it. Literally it's, it's hard again, to explain, but it also makes perfect sense at the same time. But anyway, so we have to have some homework, (laughs) right? Which having homework for spirit is not the easiest thing to come up with because it's so, it's such an unseen thing. Here's what I've come up with though. (laughs) What we're going to do is take a piece of paper and with the best of our artistic ability, (laughs) I can't draw to save my life. I might have to trace mine. We are going to draw out a spider's web because that is our animal totem. That is one of our symbols of spirit. And I think the best way to kind of connect ourselves with the concept of spirit, even though we're already connected to it at all times, is to place our name in the center of the spider web and draw the spirals and then have it exiting at points, right? Because all of the like threads, have to attach to the trees or the flowers or the bush or whatever the spider web is held in, held in. And where each exiting point is, I want all of us to write what we want to feel the connection to. (laughs) Does that make sense? So if I write Mickey in the middle of my circle, one of my exit points will be to manifestation. One will be to divination because that's something that I am feeling kind of pulled towards and I'm going to kind of explore next in my witchcraft and in my practice and so on and so on. So basically, because it connects everything, everything, spirit and energy, this energy connects everything. I want us to tangibly write down the things that is connecting us to in the realm of being a witch. So if that for you is writing your own spells, if it's making potions, if it's, um, if you are one to astral project, (laughs) or dream interpretation or lucid dreaming, all those things, 
I want each branch off of, I guess it's called a branch or each thread, the end of each thread to connect you to some part of your practice. So for me, it'll be candles in one part. It'll be divination in one part. It'll be intuition in one part. And I'm just going to fill in everything. And I am the center and I'm connected to it by the threads of the spider web or by the spirit. And I'm also contained. I also contain the spirit in me and I am contained within the spirit as well. <laughs> I remember when I was in PSR, which is like Paris school religion for Catholic school for Catholic kids, when you have to go to to like get your confirmation, first Eucharist and all that stuff. Um, we had to learn the concept of the Holy Spirit and the Trinity of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit all together. And they just kept explaining it as, okay, there are three different things, but they're all one thing. It's three different things. And it's all one thing. I feel like that's how I'm saying this to you all right now. And I, I feel like it is making sense, but it also doesn't make sense in a way that is explainable. I think you just get what I'm saying. Like you can feel what I'm saying and it makes sense to you on, on a witch level. And you're like, Oh yeah, it's everything. And it's also me. And it's also within me. You get it right. We all know what spirit and energy is. So yeah, we're going to draw our spider web. We're going to put ourselves in the center and we're going to branch out all these different parts to connect to a principle of our practice or something in our practice as which is that we are wanting to like feel more of that connection to and see the tangible connection to. So when we're all done, when it's all filled in, it should be where the witches in the center and all of the things that are spiraling out from us and still connected to us are our individual powers and gifts and, and things that we're exploring in our witchcraft. Does that make sense? <laughs> I hope so. The spirit, I was looking forward to doing this episode because I think it's the perfect element to wrap everything up with. Um, but I was also a little fearful of it because I was like, how the hell am I going to explain spirit and what the heck is the crystal going to be? And what is that all we're going to be? But I think that helps because we're taking this, this unseen intangible force and we're putting it to paper and making it more tangible and more, more, more easier. That doesn't hit the ear right. Easier for us to visualize and to see and to work with. You know, it is always easier when you can see something, when you can feel something, touch something, taste something, hear something, and go from the elements to the senses. So there's your homework. Our stone again is lapis lazuli. <laughs> if you go to the crystal store and you say, do you have any lapis lazuli? They're going to be like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Unless they listen to that, which they'll be like, oh, we totally have it. Um, thank you so much to everyone that left reviews for the podcast. Um, there were some really sweet, really funny ones. And anyone, if you just left, uh, like the star rating too, that helps tremendously. And it's so sweet of you to take the time to do that. Um, I am, when you're listening to this, I will be on flights all over. So please send me some good vibes for my travel. Uh, I already read my travel talisman. I don't have time, unfortunately, to go get my gold, uh, inscribed necklace, but I actually am going to write that down and keep it with me. And I have my Malachite and my Citrine I always travel with. So yeah, send me some positive advice for travel. You know how the last time went. <laughs> I'm always thankful for a safe flight. That above all else is the most important thing for all of us. Any travelers, any day I randomly think about it, I just send out like a, a, a little spell prayer situation that people, no matter what manner of travel that they are traveling, I always try to keep travelers in my heart and in my mind because I'm so connected to that community that everyone is safe, no matter their destination or their mode of transportation. Um, so I have all my, my stuff. I'm good to go, but just send me a little extra special vibe that I don't, my luggage doesn't go crazy. 
that I'm without it for three days <laughs> that I don't know, uh, that I don't get sick again. Remember if you listen to those, those episodes around Mercury of retrograde in my birthday, I just was so sick on my birthday. It was unreal. And I'm going as part of work with my blog job. So I, I just, you know, safe flight. My, I'm going to, I'm going to manifest it with you right now. These good vibes you're all sending me. I'm going to have a safe flight. I'm going to arrive to all of my destinations safely over the next three and a half weeks, as is my mom, the head witch in charge, Mama Donna. I will have all of my luggage and her, all of her luggage arrive safely and in one piece and without any damage or everything being wet inside, <laughs> thankfully this time. And we will not have to face any illnesses or injuries. We're going to have a wonderful time together. I'm really excited. So yeah, please send me some good thoughts, send me some good vibes. Thank you um, again for the reviews. Thank you for everyone that's joined Patreon. Uh, thank you for joining the Bad Witch Facebook group. And thank you for your emails. Again, it's thebadwitchpodcast at gmail.com, facebook.com. Nope, just kidding. We don't have a URL for that yet. I probably need to set one because we're getting close to 100 uh, members, which is really exciting. But uh, it's the Bad Witch group on Facebook. It's you can find it. It's not, I hope it's not too hard to find. And uh, patreon.com slash badwitch. If you want to come join there, we do shout outs, we have readings, we have witch mail, we have bonus episodes, all kinds of fun and exciting stuff. And as we grow and as the coven grows, um, there's just going to be more and more and more. And I could not do that without you. There's no coven with just one little solitary witch. So thank you. I love you. And I will talk to you next Wednesday. Blessed be and goodbye. Something extraordinary has happened to Judy Sizemore's closet, making it feel more like a closet. 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 An area that once caused claustrophobia now has enough space, space. space to hold all of Judy's striped boat neck sweaters. And Judy Sizemore has a lot of striped striped, striped boat neck sweaters. sweaters. The Container Store Alpha Sale is here with 30% off Alpha and installation. The Container Store, where space comes from.